the whole idea with InvestorLift, the thesis, was let's build a product that allows us to build collective intelligence yeah. and share it. So everything that everyone does builds the intelligence of the system, and every user is the work in the system, is building the intelligence of the system that then every other user can leverage. Right. You see that in every feature. Every feature we've ever put out, mm -hmm. God mode, built on that principle. Mm -hmm. Cartel mode, built on that principle. And now Artemis mode brings the best of both God mode and cartel mode together yeah. to leverage the collective intelligence of all the top players in the country. Every time you add any of us does any interaction, it's getting smarter and everyone else benefits from it. Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of Real Estate Disruptors. Today we've got Robert Wensley flying in from Puerto Rico to talk about all the crazy AI changes that are coming up inside InvestorLift to help us do more deals faster for larger margins. Super excited about that. Um, guys, we're on a mission to create 100 millionaires. The information on the show alone is enough to help you become a millionaire. In the next five to seven years, if you'll take consistent action, you will become one. We also know the fastest way to become a millionaire is to get really good at sales. So if you're interested in getting better at sales, being surrounded inside a sales community with other people killing it nationwide, join us in our community, salesdisruptors.com. And the show is brought to you by our sister company, InvestorLift. Get access to millions of cash buyers from across the country. Uh, go to InvestorLift.com, put in disruptors to get 10% off. And guys, if you get value today, please hit that subscribe button. We need to game the algorithm, and the only way we can reach more people to become more millionaires is to subscribe and tell YouTube that this video is good stuff. Ready? Ready to break the internet again? Let's, let's break it let's again. Let's do it. Thanks for having me on. <laughs> oh, man. I've been looking forward to this. I've been blowing you up. I was like, guys, Robert, we got to get you on talk about, like, what are the latest changes? Oh, so much exciting stuff has been happening. Yeah. So, um, you but, were... Yeah, last time I was on, I think we, I think we have the fourth most popular show in real estate disruptors i believe history. so i believe so today we're going to number one we're going number one yeah so watch out max maxwell <laughs> watch out max i'm sorry max for taking your spot i apologize i love you man but we gotta take the top spot today uh so one thing that um we just had closes olympics right yep. uh it was a great show rj bates took top closer yeah right? um and then you guys sponsored it absolutely and during the sponsorship you know in in the commercial you were talking about Artemis. Yeah. What the heck is Artemis? Okay. Artemis is absolutely insane. Before I dive into Artemis, let's talk a little bit about Closers Olympics. All right. Okay, because a lot of people don't know the full story. You, you notice we did something different this year. We did Dispo Day. Dispo Day. Oh, yeah. Which was insane. So Elijah calls me up, and he's like, Robert, I want you to sponsor Closers Olympics. Mm -hmm. And I love anything that's real, right? I only sponsored two events this year. Wholesaling Live, mm -hmm. which we just had in San Antonio, and Closer Olympics. The reason why I only sponsor those two is because it's the real deal. Yeah. Right? I don't like the events where it's just like someone up on stage trying to like get you all excited and get tell you, you motivated. Their stories. Like, tell you their stories or pitch you. Like, I'm like, dude, I'm already motivated. Okay. <laughs> just like show me how to close. Right. Show me how to close. And, and that's why I, I backed those two events. But when Elijah called me up, he said, Robert, I want you to sponsor the event. I said, okay, look, I love the format of the event. But there's one thing that's missing. Like, have you seen the chatter online about Closure Olympics? The, where you guys get criticized, and I think rightfully so, is a lot of times people are signing stuff up that is not really a deal. Mm -hmm. It's only a deal if you can sell it. Right. So I said, oh, what I want to do is help you improve the format. And the way to improve the format is to do a dispo day. Mm -hmm. And here's what I want to do. Let's just do a trial this year. Let's have three guys, 45 minutes each. Let's have them sell deals live right and i just says he's like okay I, I love that but there's one thing i'm worried about <laughs> i've never sold a deal in 45 minutes i don't know anyone else that sold a deal in 45 minutes what happens when all three people go what happens if none of them sell a deal you're literally putting the reputation of yourself and investor lift on the line mm -hmm. if no one sells a deal like i don't want to be responsible for tanking the investor lift brand oh shit yeah you know what really is high stakes mm -hmm. yeah but we have this new thing called artemis mode mm -hmm. in the last five times i've sold a deal i've been able to do it in under an hour and a half and three of the five i've done it in under 45 minutes so you know what it is high stakes but screw it let's do it right and if you guys if you guys have not watched that if you have not watched dispo day watch it. everyone afterwards was like that was the best 
content in Closers Olympics mm. history, period. Better than my judging? Your judging was incredible. <laughs> Absolutely incredible. Uh, but what happened is we had three guys go. Elijah wanted to pull in one guy that was not on InvestLift, so we had one guy that came in off of InvestLift. We did give him an InvestLift account and trained him and everything. Mm. Uh, but halfway through, he kind of choked and started going and calling realtors off of Zillow. And like, I'm like, okay, you're not selling a deal in 45 minutes. Yeah. You know, he's calling a realtor and he's like, I need an answer in 45 minutes. They're like, ah, no, I, I need a couple of weeks. My clients right. don't move that fast. Yeah. Then we had someone from Donovan Ruffin's team mm-hmm. uh, come on. She sold, uh, she made uh, over 20,000. And then we had the HBHS guys, you know, mm-hmm. HBH, Uncle Charles. Oh, and yeah. Mike. yeah. Hustlers. We, absolute hustlers. We had Steve Francis from their team come on. And he gets an offer on a deal, and it's going to make like 20000 or so. And we're like, oh, he's got an offer like five minutes in. Is he going to jump on it? He goes and he hits Artemis mode and keeps on working it for another 20 minutes, mm-hmm. moves his assignment fee up from like low 20s up to 67500 Wow. And then still has enough time on the clock to sell another one. So in total, the two investors guys in an hour and a half made $121,500. Wow. That's pretty solid. It was a master class on yeah. Despo. Complete master class. The way they were pushing urgency, mm-hmm. it was a complete master class. If anyone is watching this and you have a Dispo team, uh, watch the recordings. If you're on InvestLift, we actually, after it, I mm-hmm. bought the recordings from him. Mm-hmm. And we're putting those in our knowledge base so every nice. single team can watch and learn how they did that. Yeah. So if you're an InvestLift client, you already have it. You're going to have it. Yeah. Yeah. So Artemis mode. What is Artemis mode? The reason why I went into this with so much confidence is because I know how powerful Artemis mode is. Mm-hmm. Tell you a story of how we came up with it. I had a friend who lives in the same building as me in Puerto Rico, and he has this deal, and he was really struggling in cash. Like like Q4, Q1, people really got hit hard. Yeah. He's really struggling. He gets this deal under contract. He calls me up. He's like, Robert, if I can sell this thing, I think I can make $100,000. Mm-hmm. I bought really deep on this deal but I don't know how to sell it. Can you please help me sell it? I said, all right, I'll help you sell it in one condition. You let me film it because it'll be great content because if we right. sell the deal live, it's going to be great content. Yeah. It'll be a master class on Dispo. So he's like, all right, I'm coming over tonight. So it comes over and I'm expecting it to be like, you know, a decent deal, major market, whatever. Like this guy's a major market wholesaler. It's a freaking trailer park. Okay. Like the five trailers, 1970s, never been renovated, falling apart, and it's in the swamps in Florida. <laughs> you know how hard it is to move yeah. trailers in a swamp. Yeah. It's the hardest deal to dispo. Like, bro, you're not making 100000 on this. In fact, you'd be lucky if you sell this. Right. But if we did sell this and we did record this, that would be incredible content mm-hmm. because this is the hardest type of deal to sell. And if we could sell that and record it, then, uh, you know, that could be good content. So screw it. Let's do it. So we start calling buyers on Investor Lift. We go for five hours and we get maybe five mediocre leads. Mm-hmm. After five hours, I'm like, bro, I, I do not think this thing is going to sell. Come on, man. You're, you're the CEO of Investor Lift. You have <laughs> billions of data points. There's got to be something you can do. Right. Think about it for a second. Like, wait a minute. I have some stuff that other people don't have. Sheik's filming. I'm like, Sheik, pause the cameras. <laughs> We're going to cheat a little bit here. On the bottom of each deal, you can see the 10 deals, near, nearest deals sold nearby on InvestorLift. Right. So I scroll down to the bottom. I open up those 10 deals, and I look at the names of the discipline managers. Now, I have a feature that no one else has, the ability to impersonate a user. Mm-hmm. So I go in, I impersonate those users, and I go and look at who made the offer that was accepted, mm-hmm. and I call those 10 guys, mm-hmm. And in 15 minutes, we had that deal sold. And I was like, this is so powerful. What does impersonate a user mean? That means like I could literally log in as you mm-hmm. without your password. Like we use it to like help troubleshoot or train people. Right. They're like, oh, I'm having trouble mm-hmm. with this deal. I can just impersonate you and mm-hmm. go into InvestLift as you see all your deals, see gotcha. all your data. So I was like, wow, this is powerful. I'm like, instead of trying to hide this, why don't I just give it to all my users? Mm-hmm. So that's exactly what we do with Artemis Mode. With Artemis Mode, every single person that looks at your deal, you can see 
a list of everyone. So you do your deal blast, and mm-hmm. the question is, okay, how many people are actually interested in this? They're not all going to pick up the phone and call you. You got to go and actually work. You got to hunt. You got to hunt. So it's your hunt list. It's your kill list mm-hmm. of who to go after on Dispo. You got all the names of all the people that have looked at your deal. But then we also do things like we track their mouse movements. Mm-hmm. And we tell you how much time did they spend on the deal. If someone spent 20 minutes on your deal, you know that's an interested, yeah. interested buyer. If you got 30 photos on it and you see that they click through 90 photos, mm-hmm. you know they've looked through all the photos three times over. We even track how many times did they click back and forth from browsers. Mm-hmm. You see property views six. You know they've clicked back and forth six times between tabs. You know they're comping out the deal. Mm-hmm. And then so we give you that list, stack oh, ranked, you showing you the most interested. That they're interested. switching tabs. <laughs> How insane is that? So it literally gives you the ability to stalk your buyers, <laughs> see everything that they've done. But then we don't just give you that. Okay, so everyone on every plan gets that. Mm-hmm. Any of your buyers that hit your deal, you can literally stalk them and see everything. But then I was like, let's take it one step further. On the highest plans of InvestorLift, you can see all the deals sold nearby. You can click on them, and you can see their Artemis mode buyers list. Mm-hmm. So the people that bought those deals, mm-hmm. you can just call them just like I did on that deal. Right. The five hours of work that I did in 15 minutes, you can now do that on any deal in America. So explain that again. So you got a deal that you sold and you can look at their Artemis list. You have a deal you want to sell. Mm-hmm. You can see all the deals nearby that were sold mm-hmm. and you can see every single buyer that interacted with those. Okay, so you can see not just who bought that deal, but all the buyers that are entirely list interested in that deal. Yeah. So you have an interest list. So before investors were saying, Hey, look, get access to cash buyers nearby. You can see, you can do God mode. You can see who bought all the different properties and this and that. Now we're saying not only can you see who bought it, you can see everyone that was interested in it. Yeah. If there's five guys that made bids on a deal sold down the street, I can see all five of them. First yeah. name, last name, email, phone number. I can yeah. call those five people. Right. Chances are if they just bid on a deal last week down the street and didn't get it, they're going to be interested in your deal. They're still active. They're still active. You can see who the real buyers are. Yeah. So that's crazy. It's just like <laughs> it changed everything. Yeah. Okay. So you had an experience. You have a client, a friend, couldn't move a deal. You took some liberties as the owner, right? To see, okay, well, let's just see who else was interested in this that didn't buy nearby. And you called that list and you sold in 15 minutes. And they would say, hey, why don't we just allow everyone to have this? Exactly. And by allowing everyone to have this, you can only see, not only see the buyers that are interested in your property, like here are the most likely buyers, but if you click on another property, you have another regression list and you can go as far as you want down this rabbit hole of buyers making offers very last few days yeah or any interaction yeah. inquiries views yeah. so any deal before you even blast it you got hundreds of qualified active buyer leads locked and loaded mm-hmm. right. so uh, there's some teams like name and taylor i was talking to him in texas yeah he's like, i don't even blast my deals anymore right i don't need to yeah. all i need to go do is just go hit artemis mode and spend an hour calling artemis mode and i'm gonna sell the deal yeah yeah, I mean, I think RJ was saying, like, yeah, he's just using Artemis to move a lot of his deals. Yeah, it's just the whole idea with InvestorLift, the thesis was let's build a product that allows us to build collective intelligence yeah. and share it. So everything that everyone does builds the intelligence of the system, mm-hmm. and every user is their work in the system, is building the intelligence of the system that then every other user can leverage. Right. You see that in every feature. Every feature we've ever put out. Mm-hmm. God mode, built on that principle. Mm-hmm. Cartel mode, built on that principle. And now Artemis mode brings the best of both God mode and cartel mode together yeah. to leverage the collective intelligence of all the top players in the country. Every time you add any of us does any interaction, it's getting smarter and everyone else benefits from it. Yeah. So you're adding more value to the user base as well. Tremendous. They're adding value. Yeah. Well, it goes both ways, right? Yeah. Like if, if they're using it more actively, it benefits others. And just as a community, right? Like as everyone wins here, we win as well. Yeah. Which definitely as a business owner really helps with churn rate. Absolutely. Why would you abandon something that has so much value and use uh, utility 
for your dispo team. Yeah. Right? Like, do you want them to hate you? Do you want your dispo team to hate you? <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It actually blows my mind that people still have dispo teams that, yeah. and they're not using Bestflip. I'm like, yeah. do, you, do you realize how much money you're losing? Like, right. like you're literally losing, like, like a mid-sized team, you're losing hundreds of thousands, if not millions of, uh, per year. Well, you're opting out. We have out. the case studies to prove that. You're opting out of data. Yeah, you're opting out of the ability to leverage everything yeah. that everyone else has done to build that collective intelligence. And people are like, like and, and like the answers are usually pretty dumb. They're pretty short-sighted. Mm -hmm. They're like, oh, well, I like to be able to control my own emails. Mm -hmm. Like you realize by this time next year, well, even today, there's teams that don't even send emails anymore because you don't need to. Right. Emails are slow. Mm -hmm. We're moving away from email. Like this time next year, we're going to be a post-email world where – no more email blasts. That doesn't matter. It's just here's the perfect. Well, I mean, if you look email. at email blasts, like what is the function of an email blast? Like, as a person in the industry, I have in the industry for some time now, right? And I might just be old. If you email a deal to me, I just assume your best buyer is passing the time. That is my assumption. Yeah. Because if it was a good deal, it would not have made it all the way to the email list, right? Yeah. So there's the there's the call list. Right? And this is what we do in our Dispo training, right? There's the call list, there's the text list, and there's the email list. Mm -hmm. Which one do you want to be on? No one wants to be on the email list, right? Because I could say, here's like the VIP, here's the upgraded or premier, and then here's like everybody else. Like, which one do you want to be? But it's pretty clear. If I was like, do you want to be on the call first list, the text blast, or the email blast? Like, no one wants to be on the email blast. No. I, you know what? It's funny you say that too, because yesterday I drove around with Zachary Keeps. You know Zachary Keeps? Yeah. Guys, I mean, he's like one of the richest men in Arizona. Yeah, shout absolute out, shout legend. Out to Zach. Shout out to Zach. <laughs> and we did a ride along with him, and we're looking at deals. He's like, if I get an email blasted to me, I don't look at it because mm -hmm. I know I'm not going to be able to buy deep. It's been combed over or it's been, it's been picked through. Yeah. So we're going to move to a world where, like, when the lead comes in, mm -hmm. you have the top buyers for that deal, and all you got to do is make 10 phone calls and that deal is selling. Yeah. That's insane. Um, so – Anything about Artemis we didn't talk about before we talk about the next thing? Check it out. Just check it out. If you guys have not seen it, check out YouTube. There's some videos on it on YouTube. It's mm -hmm. it's the, the most disruptive thing we've launched since we launched Cartel Mode. It's just completely changing the game, and we're not stopping there. Yeah. Like I said, RJ's it can't sing enough praises about Artemis Mode. So let's see. It's been about two years. I think in December, it'll be two years since you run the show. Right. Was it two years? I think so. Right. So wow. what are what were some of the things you saw in the real estate market in the last two years? As, <sighs> on the investor list side. We all yep. have spoken from the consumer side. What did you see on the on the back end? Because you get to get to see all this data. I kind of like picture like uh remember in, in, in the dark night where like I think it was dark night where he had like everyone's cell phones turned on and you can yep. like see everything. Like I kind of picture you, right, as Alfred, and you can just yeah. We just like yeah. I should show you some of our dashboards. It's <laughs> like it's so interesting watching. It's so predictable. Like everything that I thought was gonna play out, yeah. played out exactly the way I thought it was gonna play out. Right. So, especially in the Phoenix market, but also nationwide, last year you had a ton of people relying on the hedge funds, mm -hmm. and I warned them to not rely on the hedge funds yeah. because I know that they were arbitraging low interest rates with expected high inflation coming, right? We just talked about this this morning on, on the podcast. Like if I can get a mortgage at 3%, like I bought a house uh, in 2021 because I could get a sub 3% interest rate on it. I didn't even really care about the house. I just wanted to lock in cheap money Yeah, because I knew that if they print that much money, inflation has to rip. Mm -hmm. And inflation has to rip, then interest rates need to go up. But if I lock it in now, if I can lock in 3% now, and I know inflation is going to go to 8%, mm -hmm. then the government through inflation is basically paying down 5% of my property every year. Yeah. So the hedge funds are playing this long game. They're like, us as wholesalers, we're looking at our, our, our numbers for the next 30 days. Yeah. They're looking at the 10, 20, 30-year horizon. And they're right. like, let me just lock up as much cheap debt as possible. They don't mm -hmm. care about the houses. No. They they're just trying to get that cheap debt because they know it's never going to happen again. In our lifetimes. Well, you know, um, I went to IMN conference, right? I'm yeah. with Matthew Potter, uh, host on PTD. We go, we check it out. And we're like, there was a panel, 
you know, of all the, like, there was Blackstone, there was, um, I can't think of all the hedge funds right now, but there were like, there were five hedge funds, right? And one of them's got 30,000 houses. I think the biggest one had 80, 90,000 houses. Yeah. Right? I'm like, okay. And by the way, you want to feel poor, like, go to one of these places, right? And so there, the, the, the question from the audience is like, how do you justify paying what you're paying? You're paying 50,000 over comps. Doesn't matter. How does this make sense? And they're like, well, you're right. You guys are looking at this the wrong way. Yeah. Like, what do you mean? You're buying based off of 2021 prices. Yep. You're looking in just the last six months. We're buying based off 2030 prices. Yeah. Like, well, how can you compete with a guy who's buying on 2030 prices? Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. But, but a lot of us small mom pops should adopt that mindset because right. that mindset is going to make them billions of dollars. Mm -hmm. It is the correct mindset. Yeah. We well, call them stupid. We say that they're overpaying, but they're not. They're going to well, laugh at us. They're overpaying based off of our, our, our short knowledge, term right? mindset. Yeah. Well, it's our perspectives. Like, you know, um, bringing religion into it, right? Yeah. It was like growing up, not knowing a lot about other religions. It was like, how can. Uh, the Islamic religion say that Jesus was a prophet, right? If he's a prophet, mm -hmm. then we have to believe everything he says, yeah. right? And if he says, "I'm the son of the Lord," then there's a there's a um, paradox there, right? Or, or a massive contradiction, right? But we don't have the right context. Yeah. If you look at it from their version, everything is in alignment mm -hmm. from from their perspective. But I'm trying to look at their what they're saying from a different lens, from the wrong lens, right? Yep. And so, same thing here. Yeah, they look stupid from our, from our perspective. Perspective, yeah. Right? But our perspective is not the future. Mm -hmm. And the way we're looking at it too is we're like, oh, we can buy cheaper. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we can buy cheaper in, in low volume, but they're not trying to buy low volume. No. They're trying to deploy billions of dollars. So At low interest. At low interest rate. Right. So they did that last year. Mm-hmm. Like, I... There was one month where the average sale price on InvestorLift was over 100% ARV. Yeah. It, insane. It seems insane, but it actually wasn't. It was very logical. Mm -hmm. And then what happened is they broke all the bank's risk models. These guys were all getting their money from two banks, Deutsche Bank, Goldman Sachs. Mm -hmm. They broke all the risk models because they just bought way too much. Mm -hmm. And these these banks, they have like certain like risk thresholds that they got to keep in, mm -hmm. especially um, on the, the big freaking lines that these guys have. Um, that they're buying houses with. So they broke those, and then all of a sudden, all the banks were like, sorry, we're, uh, we're pulling your lines. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we're pulling, we're, we're pulling all your warehouse lines, and then all the buying stopped. Right. Okay? So they stopped not because they wanted to stop. They stopped because their funding got pulled. Exactly. Deutsche Bank, Goldman, like oh, the, the big guys that provided all the warehouse lines, mm -hmm. they pulled them all in like See, I didn't know hours. that detail. Yeah. That's a very different story. That's a completely different story, right? If they stop buying because they didn't think it made sense anymore, that's one story. Oh, no, they wanted, I was they on wanted the phone with some buying. of these guys, and they're like in a scramble trying to get new warehouse lines. Yeah, but if you wanted to keep buying, but mom said no, yeah. it's a different story. Different story. That's the real story. The real story is they wanted to keep buying. Yeah. Why wouldn't you? Well, but also their financing changes. Because that's how I looked at it, right? Mm -hmm. Like from my perspective, without that information, without that detail, yeah. was like it no longer made sense if they couldn't borrow at the same interest rates, right? Because like you're borrowing, from but they stopped before the interest rates really started cranking. That's true. That's why. Yeah. So it was preemptive. It was preemptive that they yeah, because like the if Fed, they stopped after, then I would be like, okay, that makes sense. They stopped before because they lost their warehouse lines. Yeah, because like the Fed rate hike occurs. Yeah, and the lines get pulled. Right. So, yeah, that's, I thought it was because, oh, our model no longer works. Well, I guess it didn't work because the model requires funding. But it, it was because they were going crazy too. Like, right. like it was the month, a few weeks after, like, we, I looked at the data. I'm like, average sale price over 100% ARV. Like, how does that make sense? Right. And I was thinking something was like, there's like some abnormality in the data. Like, mm -hmm. and I dove in. I'm like, no, the data is real. Yeah. The data is the data. So, all those guys that were really relying on the hedge funds that I cautioned 
last time I was here, I'm like, don't just rely on the hedge funds. Yeah. Like, oh, I don't need investor If I just sell everything to the hedge funds, I'm like, you're gonna be in trouble. It Those works guys until it ended doesn't. up in big trouble. It works until it doesn't. Works until it doesn't. November, December, the guys that were relying just on the hedge funds, they got hammered. And then January comes along, and in January, uh, investor purchases is a percentage of home sales were at the lowest point in history other than during the COVID-19 lockdowns. Mm -hmm. Most people don't know that. On investor lift, we saw a 50% between September and January, 50% decrease in transactions in 90 days. Mm -hmm. Insane. Right. And what happened January, February, March, and a little bit into April – the wholesaling business got absolutely hammered. Oh, they got clobbered. Clobbered. Yeah. I told people, I, last time I was in Phoenix, I said, look, we're good when prices are down here. We're good when prices are up here. We got to be careful is when there's the adjustment. Yeah. Because then the adjustment is where we get squeezed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we went through that squeeze. Luckily, we're in most markets, we're through that squeeze. Phoenix is still in that squeeze, though. Phoenix is a, is a fun market, yeah. Yeah, it's tough. So some cities are still in that squeeze. Uh, East Coast has pretty much made it through, but people got hammered, and all the the newbie wholesalers that were able to make money wholesaling just because it was so easy, like mm-hmm. if you had a heartbeat, you could make hundreds of thousands of wholesaling. Those guys are all gone. I've talked to a lot of other SaaS founders in this industry, and people that have coaching programs, mm-hmm. and people that um, you know just service our industry. Most of them. And Q4 and Q1 lost between 60 to 90% of their customer base. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that tells me that 60 to 90% of wholesalers are gone. So I guess I'm happy to say I'm less than 60%. Yes. <laughs> now, but, no, but I experienced some serious, some serious churn. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Most guys were in that range. And at InvestorLift, we have three different plans, mm-hmm. right? We got a 6K plan, a 36K plan, and a 50K plan. 50K plan, didn't lose anyone. No one's letting go of those seats. Yeah. 36K plan. Well, because plan, there's a limited number of yeah, seats. Yeah, and exactly. If you, if you vacate it, you might not, you're not get, get it back. back. There's a two-year wait list. You're not, you're, yeah. If you, you let it go, like you're never getting it back. Right. The 36K plan, slight churn. Mm-hmm. The 6K plan, 60% churn rates. Yeah. We lost 60% of our low end. Luckily, we were we were able to replace that and not have any down months. So yeah. We kept revenue growing by actually filling up more of the high end plans. Mm-hmm. But other guys were calling me like, "Dude, like, what are you doing with churn right now? Like, we're just getting clobbered." I was a little bit more immune because, you know, if you're a company that is selling like real estate data or skip tracing or whatever, that's the first thing people buy when they start, first start investing. Mm-hmm. So you got a lot of noobs. Yeah, you have the earlier. Earlier in, Earlier in their yeah in their journey, they're a different season mm-hmm. in their business. I service the guys that are established doing deals and trying to scale up. Right, you're not buying a dispo product unless you have deals to sell. Yeah, so I'm way later mm-hmm. in the journey. Um, but my my entry level plan got clobbered. It got right. absolutely clobbered. Um, and what's interesting is there a good percentage are actually now coming back. There's a big reactivation. Last month we have our biggest reactivation rate ever in history. Um, but I think this really shows where the future of wholesaling is going, which I've said many times, I've been saying this for the last year, the future of real estate wholesaling is not tens of thousands of real estate wholesalers. It's going to be a small handful of very tech-enabled, very tight operations that do insanely high volume. Mm -hmm. We're moving to a new era of mega wholesaling. I've been predicting it for years. We built the first mega wholesalers that were doing a million, two million plus per month. Mm -hmm. And in the next two to three years, you're going to see the first $100 million a year wholesaler. Well, we saw this in the realtor industry. Yeah. Right? And for the longest time, like, everyone was a realtor, right? And then over time, it's like, hey, I'm good at generating leads. I am good at marketing. I am good at sales conversion. Mediocre, isn't that? Realtors not as great in the sales industry. But they're better yeah. <laughs> at sales, right? They're better at processes. They've got a CRM, not necessarily Salesforce, but they've got a CRM. They've mm-hmm. got a transaction coordinator. They got someone taking care of all the paperwork. And so it went from, you know, you're talking about the haves and have nots, right? It went from like an 80 20, something like that, to like a 90 10 or a yeah. 96 4. 
right? Like the handful of mega agents are doing a huge percentage of the transactions. Yep. And we're seeing the same thing here because the cost, I mean, the barrier to entry for the most part, getting wholesaling is pretty low, right? Yep. Pretty low. But the amount of effort to get that deal and to repeat that process, whereas you got a guy over here, maybe like an Eric Brewer or a Jimmy Vreeland, right? Like they've got an operation. Yep. It's on autopilot, right? Like every, every, um, stage in the funnel, not the funnel, every stage in, in the wholesaling process, button down. Yeah. How do you compete against a juggernaut? Right. And I think, I think you're right. I think the, we saw in the realtor industry from like all these realtors in free for all to like a few mega agents, all these wholesalers in free for all, these mega wholesalers. Yeah. And we're seeing it in the data. Mm-hmm. You look at any metric, we're breaking every metric right now. Offer volume, number of leads generated, uh, total assignment fees earned. We're breaking all the metrics, and teams are now breaking metrics, having their biggest months. A lot of people still think that the wholesaling industry is like struggling. No, the buyers are back. The buyers are actually buying more than ever before. Mm-hmm. We did over five. We pumped over five thousand homes last month. Uh, they're back, and what happened is all those noobs are gone, mm-hmm. and big guys like you. And big guys that have really tight operations are now picking up all that market share. And they have way less competition. So all that market share that, you know, all the sharks were, well, not all the sharks, all the small fish were fighting for. Mm-hmm. Now the sharks are coming in and they're grabbing all that market share. So if you're watching this and you're like, uh, you run a big operation, now is the time to double down. Yeah. Go grab all that market share. You're not only just fighting for the little fish, but you're also eating all the little wholesalers. <laughs> Yeah, along the way, like they're absolutely collateral damage. Yeah, and they're not coming back. Yeah, they're not coming back. I believe in it so much that at Investor Lift, this year I think is going to be the last year we even have plans. Mm-hmm. We're getting rid of plans. You know why we're doing that? I'm curious to hear. Plans make sense if you have a ton of customers, right? Right, and you have you know different offering for people, mm-hmm. that, but. I know that the future is going to be way less customers. Mm-hmm. So how do I grow the company if I know that the customer base, the future of the industry is a smaller customer base? It doesn't it's, make sense. It's, it's one product that matches exactly what the audience market needs. Exactly. And what we're going to be doing is shifting to more of a pay-as-you-go model. So if you're a big juggernaut, you're going to make tons of money. You're going to really use the system, but then you're also really going to pay for it. Like there's going to be people on investor that pay over a million dollars a year mm-hmm. for investor. Why? Because they're making tens of millions of dollars on it. So right. they're happy to write that check. There'll also be people that come on and like freemium is going to be launching pretty soon. And they, you just post your deal and like, we don't even charge you anything. Mm-hmm. So it's going to go from free up to maybe you're paying a million dollars a year. Wow. But Pay as you go. So it only makes sense. You're paying it. You're happily paying it. You're paying it is you're getting value. Yeah. That's what we're shifting towards because we think the future of wholesaling is way less companies doing way more volume. You're getting ready. You're, you're, you're uh, putting on the, the, uh, the gear. Yeah. You're enough for this. Yeah. Yeah. I think probably by the end of this year, all plans will go away. If you're on a plan, we'll keep you grandfathered in until you have a bounce payment. <laughs> <laughs> But we'll keep you on. We'll keep the existing guys grandfathered in. But, uh, yeah, this, like next year, you're not going to be able to buy a cartel seat. You're not going to be able to buy a lieutenant. It's not going to exist. Right. Um, so we're talking about the promises of AI. I mean, like last year, I want to say Q3, Q4, chat GPT just made massive waves. Yeah. Right. So AI has been around for a long time. But, like, that was the first time we all were like, oh, wow, like it's here. Mm-hmm. How are you leveraging artificial intelligence inside of InvestorLift? Yeah, so InvestorLift was built basically, you know, the idea was to build a collective intelligence system that would eventually feed AI. Mm-hmm. Like, I started working on this three years ago to build the data sets because there's no assignment fee data out there. You can't go out and buy assignment fee data. Mm-hmm. I'm like, we need to build an assignment fee data, data set. The only way to do that is to build software that incentivizes people to you know, log their assignment fees through the system so we can collectively all put in our collective intelligence yeah. and eventually build a data set that's strong enough that we can then unleash AI. Mm-hmm. 
and enable wholesalers to leverage AI. Cause like a human versus AI, like it's not even like, it's not even comparable. Yeah. I can take a million humans and one AI and the AI will outperform a million humans yeah. and be smarter and do it faster and do it better and make better decisions. Reliably. More reliably. So, you know, Elon Musk has this great quote. It's something along the lines of, if your competitors are racing to build AI and you're not, you're extinct. You just don't know it yet. Mm -hmm. And Absolutely. that is 100% true. And I'm glad that chat GPT came out because people didn't really understand that, like the power of AI until they had a stupid interface that they could, it was just about the interface. Like mm -hmm. AI could do shit like that before. Mm -hmm. Just you had to be like a programmer to be able to like actually like interface with it. Right. Chat GPT came out and all of a sudden took AI and made it accessible for the average Joe with a laptop. Yeah, yeah, it made it available to the masses. But the whole InvestorLift network, you'll notice from day one, every single buyer interaction, mm -hmm. every click, every offer, every inquiry was locked on all 4.6 million buyers mm -hmm. across America. Every buyer in America, every interaction on every single property, we've been logging since day one. And I didn't open it up publicly until we had that infrastructure in place. The reason being, you know, I'm like, we're going to train an AI that will eventually sell these deals for you. Mm -hmm. And we've been working on it for years. And Gen 1 didn't work. Gen 2 didn't work. Gen 3 didn't work. Gen 4 didn't work. Gen 5 didn't work. Gen 6 comes around just in the last month. And we do a slight tweak to the algorithm. Mm -hmm. Slight tweak. Just change one little thing. And then we run it on a deal in Washington, D.C., where we have a really good data set. Why? Because that used to be my home market. And I was right. religious about logging every offer, whether I accepted it or didn't accept it, every offer. And I trained all original users in that market on how to do that as well. So the data set in D.C. is the cleanest data set yeah. of anywhere in the country. So let's try it in the DMV market. Ran it on a deal. The AI... It used to take three hours to run. Now we got down to three seconds. So in three seconds, looks at billions of data points, every interaction that anyone has ever had with any buyer mm -hmm. ever in the history of InvestorLift. 8,000 people working the system every day. Everything that's ever happened with 4.6 million buyers in three seconds spits out, here are the top 10 buyers mm -hmm. for this deal. Yeah. Now the question is, does it actually work? Because every single time we've done a test, it didn't work. I called down the list, three out of the 10 wanted to buy the deal. Yeah. It works. It just needs the data. It works. It finally works. And actually, today, officially, we're announcing that I think within the next 30 days, it's going to be live here in Phoenix, Arizona. It's our yeah. first test city. I can't wait. I can't wait. Yeah. It's going to change the game forever. Yeah, I mean, it's insane just to think about the value you get out of that, right? Like, put another way, um, when you Google something, what are the top 10 results, right? Yeah. It's like, well, usually by the first three, you found the result you're looking for. Yeah. And this is what you're doing here. And look, I'm speaking here with a lot of envy here because when we created OfferFast, yeah. that was the intent, right? It's the, the holy grail. Right, the intent was... You put a property in, and we can rank the buyers for this property. Yeah. Right? And if you can rank the property, the, the, the buyers for this property, you call the first three, you probably have as much of your assignment fee as you're going to get. You're probably not going to get a lot higher. These are the top three buyers. Yeah. And so now, with Artemis and AI and all this, like, you don't need as much effort to sell a deal. Right. So you can re increase your assignment fee. Yep. And decrease your costs to get. And sell them way <laughs> faster. The last yeah. five times I've used Artemis mode, I sold the deal mm -hmm. in less than an hour and a half. Yeah. At or above asking price. I did that live in front of dozens to hundreds of people. Yeah. That's what, and we saw that on Closers Olympics. And right. that's just Artemis mode. Yeah. Now with AI, we don't even have to call 10. Yeah. Like, this is it. One, two, three. It's like, um, you know, Jerry Seinfeld, he did this skit, right? Like, how do they decide, how do they decide, like, when the expiration date is? I don't know, right? And it's like, and they put that stamp on that a milk car. It's like, that's your expiration date right there. Yeah. Don't even question it. 
And it's kind of the same thing here. Like AI has determined these are your top 10 buyers. You can call all 10. Yeah. But it's been forced ranked yeah. through AI, through billions of data points. Your first three are probably going to be the highest payer. 100%. Yeah. Yeah, it just we're, we're turning, we're putting Google search results into investor list buyer results. Yeah. Like I said, I'm speaking a lot of envy here. I know we're partners on this. But man, yeah. like that was the vision when we created OfferFast. Like, man, if, you, if I put this property in, can you tell me who the top 10 buyers are? Yeah. Like and we're finally there. We're leveraging billions of, dollar, billions of data points from every user interaction. Mm -hmm. We're at a peak, we sent peak email volume. We're sending 70 million emails per month. Mm -hmm. All of that data on like who opened it, who clicked on it, like hundreds of millions of data points per month. Mm -hmm. All of that is being looked at. But then not only that, but we're also pulling all the tax record data as well. Mm -hmm. So anything on InvestLift or off of InvestorLift, yeah. all the tax record data, everything, it doesn't matter if they bought InvestorLift or not. We just link up their LLC and then everything they're buying through that entity gets linked up. Yeah. It's trained the model. Well, you're, you spent a lot of money to pull all the public data. <laughs> Insane amount of money. Yeah. Just yeah. for, you know, giggles, right? Like how much have we spent on data in the last 12 months to make sure you have all the data necessary? million so every single dollar last time i was on the show we sold over a million dollars of licenses mm -hmm. you know what i did with that money put it back in the business i as soon as i got off there i, I called up jesse and I, I i bought all of batches data yeah i so. just spent it right away so every penny that comes in we're just rolling right back in mm -hmm. to make it better and better because it's an arms race like mm -hmm. we have a monopoly position right now right. on the market essentially we do have some competitors but like Maintain you know, we do position. 5,000 deals a month. They maybe do 50 to 100. Mm -hmm. Like, so we're like, we just got to double down, double down. It's a race to AI. Mm -hmm. We won the race. Well, once it goes live, it works. We're in the race. It works. You just got to feed enough data. So we're going to be rolling out city by city by city. Mm -hmm. Once we determine we have enough data, the AI works. You just got to feed it. Every time there's a buyer interaction, that's like, imagine you got like, you know, here's your company. Here's your deal. Right, and as soon as you post a deal, you've created a new node on the network and you've grown a neuron. Mm -hmm. And then you go blast out some buyers and every time a buyer interacts with your deal, it's growing more neurons. Mm -hmm. Every time there's an offer, it's growing a very strong neuron. Mm -hmm. So the more deals we have posted, the more activity we have, the more neurons we're growing, the smarter it gets and the more powerful it gets. I'll tell you where it's going. Where it's going, imagine this. You do a lot of pay-per-click advertising, right? Yeah. Imagine if your sales team, when a Google lead comes in, it gives you at the lead level, before you even pick up the phone, here are the top 10 buyers for the deal. Mm -hmm. Here's the probability, the statistical probability that they're going to buy the deal. And here's the offer range that right. they're going to be making their offers on. Yeah. You've effectively also done reverse wholesaling where like, I know before I even acquire the deal, yeah, who the probable buyers are based off the address, mm -hmm. and here's what I can go up to. So instead of buying as deep as possible, which is still the best model, yeah, you can go in there with the confidence, knowing like, well, we already have a couple of buyers on this already who might be willing to pay X. Because look, as a newer wholesaler, what would I do? I would call right. Jamil. Yeah. Hey Jamil, I got this appointment. I'm going over here. What will you pay? Right. Right. And as long as my number is lower than Jamil's number, I'm good. Good. Right. Like, I obviously want to get as deep as possible, but as long as it's lower than Jamil's number, I've got myself an assignment. Not everyone has Jamil in their pocket. Not everyone has Jamil in their pocket. So now, with Investor Lift, you know, going into the appointment, I got buyers on the back end. Right. Yeah. I can go in there now. Like, obviously, you want to get as deep as possible, but I mean, it's predisposed. It's predisposed. Yeah, it's going to be a great experience for the buyers, too, because the, the number one, I'll, I'll be honest with you, the number one complaint we get on Investor Left, people are like, dude, you send way too many emails. We actually, at peak, we're doing 70 million a month. I'm originally from Canada. There's 35 million people in Canada. That's like hitting every single Canadian <laughs> twice a month, right? I was yeah. like, okay, it's getting a little excessive. We, we brought it back. Mm -hmm. We brought it back significantly. But still, like, it's not a great experience. It's still like old school. Like, we're not in the 1990s anymore. Right. So the future is... The future is no email. Yeah. The future is just here's the people that are going to buy it. Much better experience for the buyers. They're only getting deals that are perfect for their buy box. 
much better experience for the wholesaler. You're selling your deals fast, efficiently, at very high prices with a lot more certainty because, I mean, if you talk to guys like David Olds, who runs Easy REI Closings, mm -hmm. shout out to David Olds. If you're not outsourcing your TC, you definitely should. I asked him, I said, what do you think is the average? I mean, you can see it. You can see the data. What is the average contract fall rate that you're seeing? Because I see some data, but he's actually going straight through title. So he sees the like actual number. It's over 50%. Yeah. On investor, if it's much lower, of course. way lower, but across the nation, it's 50%. So that's what gives wholesalers a bad reputation. You think about, we're doing all this activity on the front end. We do all this sales training, mm -hmm. recruiting marketing we're spending all this money and half of, of our deals are just thrown out the, the thrown in the toilet yeah it's insane so i want to bring that contract follow rate as close to zero as possible i mean this even saves you in the underwriting component yeah right like that's the other reason why people screw up is they don't have their numbers right yeah so you don't have to worry about underwriting as much yeah we already have it on the back end you know it's kind of like a remember minority report yeah right it's a yep. pre-crime pre-crime yeah and we got, this is like pre-dispo. Pre-dispo. Yeah. The holy grail. And we're going to have to, after this show, buy predispo.com. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. I love that. Let's do it. So, all right. So everyone's watching right now. So we got Artemis. We got AI. We're moving away from plans that if they buy now, be grandfathered. Yeah. So if you guys are interested in this, right, investorlive.com, disruptors for 10% off. This is insane. Like where this is going. Kind of scary too, right? Because like. How do you compete against this? You don't have it. Yeah, if you're not investor, if you're going to be out of business for the next 24 months, guaranteed. Right. I mean, it's the whole deal, like you said, with Elon, right? Like, and I have people like, I'm so scared of AI. It's going to take my jobs. And no, if you're using AI, you're fine. You're going to be able to run an operation much more lean with mm -hmm. way less people doing way more volume and right. keeping way more money. We're talking about a whole another era of wholesale profitability. Yeah. You know, Jamil was on podcast with uh, Jordan Belfort, mm -hmm. the Wolf of Wall Street. Yeah. And Jordan asked a really interesting question. He said, why has there not been like 100 million a year wholesaler? Like, why isn't there a publicly traded? Like, this is a beautiful business. Yeah, this is one of the most beautiful businesses ever. Why isn't there a publicly traded wholesaling company? Mm -hmm. What do you think? Well, I mean, Open Doors tried. Yeah. But, but they, they weren't, weren't necessarily wholesaling. They're, they're buying. They're double closing. Or they're double closing, they're which I think is a huge mistake. Yeah, putting a lot more risk. Um, I think that the the scalability, right? Like, and it's super, like you said, it's super sexy, right? Super profitable. The margins are ridiculous compared to like retail and restaurants, this and that. Yeah. I think there's an element of branding. Do you want to have a brand where you're buying houses from granny? Right. Right. So there's that. Uh, and I think um, there's nothing proprietary. There is here. Um, and I think that you have to manage an army of salespeople. And no one loves managing an army of salespeople. Except for Ren Bartlett. He actually does. I, I, my thought is that if you look at any industry, look at finance industry. Mm -hmm. We talked about this last time I was on the show. Like how inefficient it was. Mm -hmm. And there's a ton of very small players. Right. Right. Yeah. In any industry, is that industry becomes more data and technology enabled, mm -hmm. the gap between the small guy and the big guy increases. Right. The guy that has more data, more technology, it's gonna win. Gets a way bigger competitive advantage. Mm -hmm. and eventually, gets to the point where the small guys start falling off. Yeah. And the big guys start eating up all their market share. Mm -hmm. So we're in that period right now. We're going through that period right now. I've been predicting it for years, and yeah. we're we're in that right now. And then once we get the AI plugged in, it's going to take it to an entire new level. Mm -hmm. And we're going to now have very small teams doing much bigger numbers. And this just going to be about like who can scale up the sales the fastest. That's right. going to be the new arms race. Who The arm, next arms race is on sales. Yeah, That's what it is. Who can oh, train? Yeah, shout out to Steve Trang. Uh, <laughs> if you guys want to learn how to close, yeah. you should see his commentary on Closers Olympics. It was a master class, absolute master class. If you're not doing sales training with Steve Trang, you're missing out. But that's the next arms race. And with the AI finally coming out, rolling out city by city, is we get enough data for it to actually work in that city? Uh, the next arms race is gonna be sales and people are gonna be able to do numbers that we've never seen before. Mm -hmm. 
with teams smaller than we've ever seen before. And that's what I'm saying. The next, I think, 24 to 36 months, we're going to see the first 100 million a year wholesaling company. And we'll probably actually, within the next two, three, four, five years, you're going to see the first publicly traded wholesaling companies. It'll be interesting to see. Yeah. We'll yeah. check back on this video in five years, see how that's yeah. played out. So far, my predictions have been playing out almost 100%. I'm a pretty smart guy. Um, so, got a few minutes left. I want to touch on, you had uploaded something, uh, a chart, inside yeah. the Investor Lift Facebook group. And they're ranked it by cities. Yeah. So, we recently signed up with Lee Zola to go nationwide. Right? Again, smart move. Following RJ's lead in this one, watching Close Olympus. Like, these are like the easiest freaking leads ever. Yeah. Right? So, we just... Like, all right, well, if it's working for these guys, and we're buying it because there are some suspect abilities on 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 Closers Olympics. So anyway, um, we're going nationwide, uh, and so we're picking which states do we want to go to. Mm-hmm. And so we looked, we overlaid two different sets of data. Overlay is a really fancy word. We compare two sets of data. Right. Right. We looked at the investor lift data. Yeah. Here is where it is in these different markets. And then we looked at privy. All right, what's the activity in each of these markets? Oh, I like this. Right. So you're like, here's what are the margins. Yeah. What's the activity? And now, after you talk, it's like, okay, now it makes sense why Maryland's so big. Freaking Robert's wholesale deals. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the first graph goes all the way back. And, yeah, I, I launched in that market. And yeah. I grew the first $2 million a month wholesale operation. Right. There's another graph, though, that shows just the last 12 months where mm-hmm. I was not operating. Yeah. So okay. take a look at down in the comments. Take a look at that one. I didn't see that one. I was like, yeah, yeah Maryland, I don't understand. Like, do I want to go compete against CJ? I don't know. I don't know if this makes no, sense. That was so. me and my teams. Yeah. Crushing it. Yeah. So we, we opted not to go to Maryland. Yeah. But talk about like the data, what you're seeing right now as far as rural versus metro. Okay. So at InvestorLift, uh, one of the things we really care about is keeping our customers throughout the lifetime of their wholesaling career we don't want you just as a customer for a few months we want you as a customer forever and like we know the product works so if you leave we screwed up on something mm-hmm. or you're out of business yeah so every single customer that leaves we like to get on a call with them and ask well first of all thank them for their business because you know it's a big investment to buy an investor so we, we call them up we thank them for their business and then we ask them hey you know if you're leaving either we screwed something up or you're out of business most of the time, it's they're getting out of the wholesaling business. Mm-hmm. Okay, sometimes there are times when we screw up, and then I'm like, okay, here's the things we screwed up on with these customers. Let's now fix them so that doesn't happen again. Yeah. Okay. So very effective process any business should do. If you lose a customer, you need to talk to them. But with the people that went out of business, we then look at the data and interview them to figure out what is the reason why they went out of the business. You know what the number one reason was last year? Um, they're, they couldn't move their deals because they're too rural. Exactly. Uh, and that was partly our fault because we were pushing all this content about nationwide wholesaling. What we didn't mention is like, hey, when we're going nationwide, we don't actually mean the entire country, mm-hmm. every county. We're not doing deals in the swamps. We mean we might have like half a dozen or a dozen cities spread out that we really go deep in. Mm-hmm. If you really do true nationwide or statewide or whatever, Google is just going to give you all the trash in the swamps. And if you look at the data, I had this interesting chart that I put up at the last conference I was speaking at. And it was uh, on one axis, we had the population of a county. On the other axis, we had days to sell the deal. Mm-hmm. And once you break about uh, half a million county population, everything's moving really quick. Yeah, You go sub half million population, days to sell a deal. There's some counties where the average is over 90 days. Ugh. We're talking about multiple price reductions. There's just no demand. Yeah. And there's 20,000 people in the county. It doesn't matter how deep you buy. If there's just not a buyer, there's not a buyer. All right. But then we looked at average assignment fees. Mm-hmm. Same thing. Once you go past, you know, half a million population, we're getting like decent assignment fees, right? You go sub, you know, sub half a million. There's a lot of counties where the average assignment fees four, five, 6,000. Then we looked at contract follow rate, right? Same thing. In these counties with really, really small populations, contract fault rates, 70, 80, 90%. So do you really want to spend 90 days to have a 20 or 30% chance of maybe making four or $5,000? Or do you want to have an 80% chance of making $50,000 and doing that in five days? Yeah. Which one would you rather do? 
So the people that are going rural because they're like, oh, the cost per lead is low. It's stupid. It's like last time I was on the show, I said, if you want Ferrari assignment fees, you need to invest in some Ferrari leads. Right. It's the biggest mistake that wholesalers made last year. The number one reason why they went out of business. This year is actually different. This year, I knew what it is. Mm -mm. I love Novations. Great, great, great innovation. Mm -hmm. Eric Brewer, I know, did a ton of great content. Sean Terry's been doing a lot of great content on that. But this year, the number one reason why people are going out of business is they've screwed up their cash flows doing too, going too heavy on Novations. Mm -hmm. Novations are a great tool, but if you go from 100% wholesaling to 100% Novations, you know the impact of that is in your cash flows? The cash conversion cycle gets crushed. Gets crushed. Yeah. And guys, these guys are not running with a big stack of cash in the bank. Mm -hmm. So they hear about Novations, and all of a sudden they go 100% Novation, mm -hmm. and they go cash broke. Yeah. Yeah, cash conversion cycle is grossly under understated. Right? Like, I didn't understand the idea that you can go out of business even though the number, even though your profit's increasing month yeah. over month, that you can actually go out of business even though your profits are increasing. It just didn't make sense to me yeah. the first time I heard it. You, you stretch out, if you double your cash conversion cycle, you cut the profitability of your company by over 65%. Yeah. It's painful. Yeah. Yeah. So what you're suggesting is there's got to be a healthy mix. Yeah, you got to, innovations, use them as a tool, mm -hmm. a great tool. And there's a lot of times where, like, you know, if I looked at this deal and it's in great condition, I'm like, I'm innovating the hell of that all day long. Right. But if you just are like, hey, I got this new tool, I'm going to hit every single nail with this mm -hmm. new tool, and you don't understand the impact of that on your right. cash, right? you will put yourself out of business. Well, I mean, it's the same principle. Like, people are like, well, why don't you flip every deal to maximize it? Like, well, you could. You could. You could. But you better have a flip closing every month. Because if you don't have a flip closing every month, your cash conversion cycle or your 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 cash um, it's not balances, but your your cash positions. If you don't have a good cash position, like you're you're dead. You got if you got fifty thousand, eighty thousand, hundred thousand in the bank, you can innovate everything. Yeah, right. But if you got twenty thousand in the bank, don't and you're innovating everything. Ease into it slowly. Yeah, you got to get in a position where you have enough cash. Yeah. Right. Then you can maximize everything. And if you look at all the big guys that have done really strong pivots into flipping from wholesaling, most of them went broke. Yeah. Most of them went completely broke. I have had multiple calls this year with guys that were like, oh, I'm going to start flipping again. Mm -hmm. Which they, makes sense if you're doing fewer deals and you need to maximize it, but you can't forget the cash position. Yeah. You got There's pros and cons to every single tool that you have in your tool belt. Yeah. And you got to understand the pros and the cons, and you, you can't just use one tool. You got to use yeah. different tools. Well, the cash position situation is not a fun thing to think about, right? Because then you have to understand, again, cash conversion cycles. Mm -hmm. You have to understand your cash positions. You got to understand how much you're spending every single month. And most of us don't want to think about these things. We you don't. Gotta. It's not fun. We'd rather go out and get another deal. Yep. So you got you to push through your hardwiring to actually understand these numbers. So now you can make it a more informed decision on how you dispose this deal. Yep. And it's easy to do. Just create an Excel spreadsheet, put your properties in it, you know, day I acquired, day I'm expecting to get the money. Like, it's not hard. Like, you say it's grader. not hard. You just got to do it. You just say do it. it's not hard. But I also understand the predisposition of our clientele, right? If yep. you're in wholesaling or in sales, and I put myself in this category, you want to win now, you can sell your way out of this business, and the details can figure themselves out later. <laughs> that's how it's we're a hustler's business. That's the ultimate hustler's business. Right. That's how we're hardwired. Yeah. The problem with this hardwiring, if you can't push through this, is you can put yourself out of business and not even realize it's happening until it's too yeah. late. Hundred percent. Yeah. All right. So this is. I hope you guys got a ton of value. I am super excited about this evolution. AI, Artemis. We're gonna call this pre-dispo. Right. It's just like pre-cog, pre-crime. Yeah. Like it's gonna be insane. Robert Wensley is going to be wearing a Tom Cruise outfit, <laughs> right? So investorlive.com, put in disruptors, get 10% off. Check this out. I think this is going to be an insane competitive advantage. I am stoked. Absolutely. And if you're thinking about it and you're like, oh, maybe I'll get in a couple of months, uh, don't wait because like I, the software update to get rid of plans is almost done. So as <laughs> soon as that rolls out, you're not going to be able to buy it anymore. <laughs> We're shifting the pay as you go. It's going to be way more expensive, but yeah. it'll be like, hey, you sell, like if you're selling a deal, you're paying. Yeah. So yeah. If you, 
don't wait. The deals we have right now are going to be the best deals we've yeah. ever had, and they're going away before that. Yeah, eventually, it's going to be cost per deal, which would be more expensive than the plan. Yeah, exactly. Cool. Uh, if someone wants to talk to you, connect with you, what is the best way for them to do that? Best way to do it would just be to email my team, support at investorlift.com, or just send us a DM on Instagram at investorlift or at Robert Wensley. Uh, I'll try to keep up with those like as much as I can, but you know, we get a lot. So well, the last time we were in the show, you kind of got blown up. Yeah. I mean, we had over a million dollars of signups after. <laughs> so I, but I'm going to try. I always try to do my best to respond to as much as I can personally. And if not, my team will fill in and, and answer any questions anyone has. Right, perfect. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Appreciate it. I am beyond excited for this update. Absolutely. I'll see you guys later. Shout Thanks so much. Steve Train. Jump on the Steve Train. We real estate disruptors. <laughs>